Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Man on the Post Sunday Weekend Review Show. We're back, the Premier League is back, and with a little bit of help from VAR, I'm sure we can get through this first weekend in the Premier League. Joining me as ever is Dave. Hello, hello. And we have a guest this week in Hal. Hello, Chris. Hello, thank you for joining me, gents. I hope you're both well. Yes. Aye, splendid. Splendid. (laughs) He says through gritted teeth, I can imagine. (laughs) So yeah, the Premier League is finally back after what seems like the longest summer ever. Um, wasn't the greatest of opening weekends, I suppose, uh, but it did start off on Friday night with Liverpool... Oh, sorry, I'm not allowed to say that name, am I? Uh, Jordan Henderson FC uh, taking on Norwich at Anfield. Are we allowed to say Anfield? Have they trademarked that yet? Um <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't say that name if it's anything to do with football, can you? And I know I'm going to get some grief, but I imagine this weekend I'm going to offend 90% of the Premier League. Um, so yeah, did you guys catch the opening game of the season? I did. I was sat with my form finger, EFL, <laughs> EPL, <laughs> e- EPL form finger, just waiting for the big kickoff, and then Grant Hanley put through his own net, and I was just sat back on my chair and thought it's great to be back. <laughs> In the, in the best league in the world. I, I watched this from A&E because I've, um, I've, I've done my leg in again because, you know, being a 38-year-old man who plays football, it's always good to do that. Um, but it was weird because A&E was really, really busy and there was at least 10 blokes with their phones out watching Sky Sports <laughs> on their phones. 2019 encapsulated <laughs> in one image. <laughs> it's great. Uh, so, yeah, Liverpool came away 4-1 winners against... Um, Fair play, an, an attacking Norwich team. Uh, a Norwich team who decided that Trent Alexander-Arnold is the way to attack Liverpool, which I suppose most of the Premier League will do this season. Um, how long do you think Norwich will continue the attacking uh, prop thing for before they get thumped 4-1 every weekend and decide to go, you know, oh, well, it's time to go all Cardiff City on your ass? <laughs> it's interesting isn't it because let's be fair Norwich played the way that Norwich played last season mm-hmm. but they were without key players they wouldn't always play Ben Godfrey and God forbid Grant Hanley uh, at the back because that isn't their first choice I mean Closer particularly is one of the best centre-backs I had the pleasure of seeing live on a few occasions last season. So let's wait and see when they get their first eleven back, just how they actually operate. But I thought they were good value. And if they could have finished their chances, certainly in the first half early on, could have been a really different game. I admire the way they played because they're probably going to lose at Anfield anyway. Mm. Why not have a go? Oh, no, no, I agree. I say, uh, For me, I thought uh, Norwich were, were the better team for, uh, for a lot of the game. Um 
but obviously, you know, they're playing a Liverpool team that finished second last season. They were they were always on a hiding to nothing. I, I was quite impressed with Norwich at times. Uh, Aaron's the um, the the right back who Man United were linked with. He looked he looked quite promising. Um, but to be fair, they ran out of steam as well. And is it going to be a case of they play that way because that's how they want to play? But as I said earlier on, they're going to they are going to get exposed by a, a lot of the, a lot of the big six. And stuff. So, do they? Will they? What I was trying to ask basically is: Do you see them playing that way week in, week out, or do you think they've got enough to adapt their game? I think it's the it's their best chance of picking up points. I mean, they've got us next weekend, um, which is going to be a pretty good test of how this is going to stand up at the Premier League because we aren't great, as we'll come on to later on. Um, if they play that way and they beat us, which isn't exactly impossible, they'll probably continue doing it against the teams in and around them. Um, and as you say, they've got nothing to lose by doing it against the, the top six. Like most teams, don't get a result there anyway. Um, so I think they're quite Farkas quite set in his ways in that you know he's got this style of play which he bought in Norwich. And you've got to remember, for a lot of his time there before the kick in the gear, they were pretty average. Mm-hmm. But he, st- he stuck with it until the you know results turned around. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so I can't see him going to change that now. Yeah, it's interesting when you say us. That's Newcastle United, obviously, uh, because I think even listeners joining for the very first time will be able to detect from your accent, Dave. That's uh, <laughs> that's who you support. You're not like uh, here. I am broadcasting to you from Gibraltar, and everyone here I have ascertained supports Manchester United and Liverpool. There is no deviation. That is it. <laughs> Aren't uh, some of the Gibraltar League teams named after? Man United and probably Liverpool as well. I'm sure they've got like very English names. Yeah, you're not wrong. There was a team called Manchester United FC. They actually asked Manchester United, the, the original one, if they could call their team that. Manchester United said yes. There's a huge supporters branch here, uh, which has uh, hundreds of thousands, no, thousands of members. Hundreds of thousands would be ridiculous. There's only 33,000 people here. Uh, so there's, there's thousands of members. It's the most supported supporters branch. But they've actually had to change that name because, of course, now Gibraltar recognised by UEFA that team could have, in theory, got into the Europa League and played Manchester United. So uh, so they've changed their name. And you're probably going to ask me what they've changed it to. And I've forgotten. I hope it's like a Pez name. And they're just taking like tra- 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 <laughs> Tradbrick FC or something like that. So that's Why isn't I'm... Scott McTominay on the cover of Pro Evolution Soccer? Weird yes, he is. Yes, yeah, he so is. I hope they're called Scott McTominay FC. <laughs> we, all, we all live in hope of that. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, talk about Liverpool for a minute. So, uh, Liverpool opened the scoring pretty early on. Grant Hanley, uh, one of two Norwich players who actually had some Premier League experience uh, putting into his own, uh, own net. Uh, and then they quickly took two, uh, two other goals from uh, Mohamed Salah and Virgil van Dijk before uh, Divik Origi's glorious ascent to PFA Player of the Year um, <laughs> con- continued when he scored their fourth. It's It's been a weird old year for Origi. Oh, can either of you want to have a hazard of a guess of how many games he's played for Liverpool? Whatever, or like in the ever. last 12 months. No, ever. ever. Since he's been there, how many games has he played? No, well, I was he, shocked. He joined when he was quite young. Uh, it feels like he's been there for about three seasons. So I'm going to say 54. Okay. Does this include sub-appearances? Every appearance he's made Every for appearance. Liverpool. Not, not, not discounting like when he's been on loan at other clubs. Played, oh, yeah. Performances in a Liverpool shirt. It'll be something hideous, like 83 He's played a hundred. Wow! I couldn't believe it. 
mistake, you win on the tiebreaker, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Friday night was his 100th Liverpool appearance, and I was thinking, wow, I, I didn't realise he'd made that many. Because I remember him joining, I remember him going out on loan, and then I remember him coming back and getting injured. Then he went out on loan again, and then he just kind of milled around, and then he scored a couple of, he scored that goal against Everton last season, didn't he? Uh, he scored a few important goals as well. Didn't he score in the Champions League final? Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you think about how many competitions Liverpool are in, even with the Super Cup coming on uh, Wednesday, and I know Mane was only left out and on the bench because of the uh, African Cup of Nations commitments, Origi's going to get more chances. Yeah, I, I, I think it's hard not to play him at the moment. Mm. You say, the thing yeah. is, a year ago, a big, Liverpool fans didn't want him. He's a big game player. There's just not that many games that are big enough for him. That's the way you can look at it. I love that. <laughs> I say last the beginning this time last season he was he was on his way to Wolves. Very, uh, yeah, very, yeah, very similar to Zinchenko at Man City. A deal was agreed and, and the, the player turned it down and they've both turned it around. Um, some things never change in the Premier League though. Allison was as sloppy as ever, uh, so sloppy and stuff. In 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 fact, he injured himself taking a goal kick and now looks to be out for. Originally, the reports were eight weeks, but now they reckon he could have done his uh, his ligaments in and could be out for a much longer handing. Mm. This hands former um, uh, West Ham goalkeeper Adrian a chance to play in the Champions League uh, with his backup Andy Lonergan. Was he sat next to you in A&E? Is that how you got this uh, <laughs> yeah. this information firsthand? Yeah, no, it came... It, so originally they said eight weeks on, on Saturday morning, but there was, I've seen um, something on Sky this, this afternoon that they've sent him away for further tests because they re- think he could have done his, his anterior. I bet Minnelli must be cursing himself for make, yeah. making that move. Like he could have been, he could have been playing Champions League football again. Yeah, but apparently, apparently uh, Liverpool's backup goalkeeper is a young lad who's recovering from injury, and they've had uh, Andy Lonergan on on um, trial during the pre-season. I think he played a couple of pre-season games for them, and uh, <laughs> uh, and now he could be he could be Liverpool's backup goalkeeper. What universe have I woken up in where <laughs> Harry Maguire is worth like eighty-five million, and Andy Lonergan could be lining up for? Liverpool mm-hmm. and Scott Carson playing for Man City this season. Well, that's the homegrown player <laughs> quota, isn't it? That's the football manager all over. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it, it's really, really, really strange. It like didn't look too bad when he when he slipped, but obviously uh, it's not looking good, Fellerson. Um, well, Dave knows if anyone that the, the the innocuous ones, they're the worst. If you might remember when Alan Shearer got injured, I think it was in pre-season. Or, was, yeah. yeah, and it just looked like a sort of fairly innocuous one, but he got his his back foot studs caught in the turf. And, you know, you couldn't really tell just how awful that was and how many more goals, of course, the man could have scored had that not happened. Sorry, it's madness. Uh, one notable thing I noticed from the Liverpool game on, on Friday night was uh, Wijnaldum started, uh, and this caused outrage on Twitter. <laughs> Liverpool fans do not seem to like that man, and I don't get it. It's because like Naby Keita is like every club has a player like this who like uh, the fans want to see more of him, but because he hasn't played enough, they can't like say for certain if he's any good or not. But there's always this like impossible dream of reaching where if he plays, he could be the best player in the world, and then he'll play ten games and he probably won't be that good, and then someone else will take over this mantra. Like it's it's a thing. It happens at every club. Yeah, absolutely right, Dave. In fact, when I was at school, it was Liverpool fans. Of course, when you grow up in York, everyone supports. Liverpool or Manchester United. In fact, York and Gibraltar have a lot in common. And uh, <laughs> all the Liverpool fans at school were raving about a guy they'd only seen a few times. But they were sure that once he got in, he would be the next best thing. And that player was Danny Murphy. <laughs> oh, Danny Murphy. The man, who, the man who hates football. 
He does hate football. What, like uh, Asuakoto? Oh, God, Similar. yeah, but at least he admitted it. He didn't go on to be a pundit, did he? True. Um, so from from the performance that we saw from Liverpool, I know I know it's without being disrespectful, it's only Norwich and whatever. Uh, and given the long lack of preseason that their forward line has basically had this year, do we see Liverpool challenging for the title this season? Considering they haven't invested in their first team at all. Yes. I, I think they'll be the closest challengers. But as I said the other week, I think they'll they'll be shagged out over Christmas when they've got to play the whatever it's called, the Super World Club yeah, Cup yeah. of Kings, yeah. wherever that's been played. And that's going to give them the games in hand. And if they go deep in the Champions League, then I can, as you said, I haven't really bought anyone. Um, and if they're clever, you know, they can manage the squad and Adam Lallana can play the cup games and, you know, people like that. But already losing Alisson for a couple of months, potentially, or maybe more. I mean, you know, Adrian's okay, but he's nowhere near the quality of Alisson. So... I can just see them dropping a couple of points here and there in like games where previously they'd won one nil, and it can be the difference where they can just let in a couple of sloppy goals and it cost you four or five points. Uh, they have a bad month, and then all of a sudden the miles off the pace, and it's it's done. Yeah. It's it's unusual that, that a team you know they finished as a you know uh, Champions League winners, second in the league, in like their best season ever, so like a point beyond Man City and whatever. That they haven't strengthened in some way. You know, um, I know Klopp's going on. Oh, we've got the Oxide Chamberlain coming back. He's like a new signing. Uh, they've got Rian Brewster, who Klopp one week he's the the next best thing, the next week he's not quite sure if he's ready to loan him out or not. Uh, I know Joe Gomez is back this season as well. Um, but they, they were exposed last season. You know, they were a little they were a little bit short at times because of the injuries they had last season. You know, if if they say we've seen Allison go already. If that continues, you know, Oxide Chamberlain is prone to injury. Joe Gomez has had a couple in his, his young career so far as well. You know, it could be a real shame that they've had their best ever season and then, you know, well, they've failed to capitalise. I mean, what what happens if Virgil van Dijk does a hamstring on Wednesday night and he misses a month, two months, you right. know, whatever? Well, that would be the only concern is the defence. I think they can almost cover every other area. But uh, we'll find out about goalkeeper. But defence would be absolutely the one where too many injuries would be the reason they can't win the league. I actually think Liverpool are going to win the league this season. I don't know where this Wijnaldum hatred comes from. Dave, tell me, because he was a good player at Newcastle, right? Mm, he was good at home. He never scored a win. But, I mean, he was in an awful team. So I mean, it's not really his job to score. If you're saying to me that you watched him a lot more than I did, that he's an average player, I'll believe it, and I'll take that from now on. You could tell he was technically very good, but... It, the team he was playing at the time was all over the place. It was a McLaren team, and he played either as a number 10 or as a left winger, uh, whereas at Liverpool he's basically playing central midfield. Um, so it, it, it's comparing apples and oranges, really. Well, yeah, he's not doing the same role whatsoever. Um, but he's still got something like 13 goals from midfield, which is far more than uh, anyone else managed. So. All right. Yeah. I mean, he's not a flashy midfielder, but he, he does his job, if you know what I mean. I'm with you, Chris. I'm very surprised, actually, to hear the Liverpool fans don't rate him. But there's always one, isn't there? As Dave said, there's always one player that they want in, and there's a player you want out in every team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, right, on to Saturday's games then. Uh, we started off with the early kickoff at the London Stadium, where West Ham entertained champions Manchester City uh, and promptly got absolutely smashed by a Man City team that just picked up where they left off last season. Raheem Sterling, with the help of VAR, scored a hat-trick. Uh, Sergio Aguero came off the bench to score uh, after Gabriel Jesus had opened the scoring for them. Um, yeah, Man City looking better than ever, 
to be fair. You, you talk about Norwich playing the same against, you know, the top teams as they do against everybody else. West Ham have been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. Like, they must be the absolute dream for anyone to play on the open day of the season who's a, you know, top four or five club. It's the West Ham was... way, isn't it? Well, it is, and they fall on the sword time and time again, but, you know... Yeah, but they won the World Cup in 1966, and the fans won't tell you that too often, so it's worth (laughs) worth remembering. Well, that's exactly it as well, but... (laughs) And, you know, you could say, all right, we don't have the players to put everyone behind the ball and this, that, and the other. David Moyes did when he was there, and they beat a couple of teams by, you know, backs the wall and nicking a goal and... Stuart Pearce wasting time on the sideline. You know, it can be done if you apply yourselves. But you got the same David Moyes that tried to sign Harry Maguire for Manchester United. For four and a half searched. million pounds. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. What did he know, eh? Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that at West Ham. They're one of those clubs where you the fans demand the way of playing. Uh, Sam Allardyce had a great time there. The fans hated him because he didn't play the expansive, free-flowing, attacking football that West Ham fans demand. If you play the ball in the air as a West Ham player, the, the fans will boo you. <laughs> true. Yeah, well, this is it. And uh, to be fair, they, they gave a, had a good goal for maybe fifteen, twenty minutes. Then once mm-hmm. Man City scored, it was you know changed the game completely, yeah. didn't it? I agree. I think until the fir- the first goal went in, I thought West Ham looked quite impressive. I mean, Hello, on, actually, sorry, go on, on paper, you look at West Ham at the start of every season, and you think this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year they crack Europa. At the very least, just a safe mid-table, no flirting with relegation. And then the season starts. And I, I, I don't want West Ham to do well. I want them to finish bottom. I want them to end up in the NZ League Division 9 within as many seasons as is humanly possible. But it brings me no joy to see them, with their fans so full of hope, be absolutely... No, it does. I'm going to rephrase that. It brings me joy to see those fans <laughs> uh, have those dreams shattered, those bubble-filled dreams popped uh, within the first game of the season and you are correct the way that they played didn't give them any chance didn't do them any favors they initially looked good but you know we've probably not ever said this sentence before Chelsea and Norwich playing the way that they both played actually ended up costing them when they were hit on the break because they were going for it away from home West Ham were doing the same at home which of course is their prerogative and what you'd always expect them to do but up against Manchester City they are a different class and it is going to be a three-horse race, I believe, this season. And West Ham are not going to be that third team. Weirdly, for a second, I had to wonder where the West Ham hate came from. Then I remembered you were a Sheffield United fan. Yeah, let's not go over it. It's still too raw. It's still too soon. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the main thing from this game was the... It, it was probably the first time VAR got a proper going over. Uh, as the, I don't remember there being much on, on Friday night's game. Uh, so, in this game... Is, well, let's settle something now, first of all, gents. Is it VAR or is it VAR? Because I've, VAR. Heard, I've heard it both ways this weekend. and It's 100% VAR. Dave? I mean, to me, it's, 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 it's an acronym, isn't it? So, like... I've been calling it VAR. Yeah, I've been going with VAR as well. But, but... All, all my letters sound the same, so like anything I can do to, I to mean, try. Officially, <laughs> officially it's VAR, but VAR, you can't you can't do the VAR. Huh, well, it is a good <laughs> unless you call it that. So you know, I want to keep doing that. Yeah, even though it's if I recognise by FIFA as uh, VAR. Is that FIFA? Yes. <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> Okay, I mean, um... I've, I've written the term varnage at least three times already since it happened, so <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to run with that if you are. 
so yeah, VAR uh, disallowed a goal because uh, Raheem Sterling was a millimetre offside, apparently. Uh, yeah. And then ordered a, a penalty retake because uh, Declan Rice decided to run into the area a little bit early. Um, so the, the you know uh, where are they based the VARs? Stock, Stockley Park, which is now Britain's number one tourist attraction. The number of attentions had this weekend. <laughs> where, where the hell is Stockley Park? Oh, I've no idea, not a clue. I thought we go. We all guess because none of us know, and I'd like to think people listening who do know will be furious when we get it wrong. Well, I thought they'd be at St George's or something like that. You think they'd be somewhere like that? But Stockley Park just makes me sound like they're in the middle of nowhere in some in a camper van. Well, I'm going to guess that Stockley is uh, just outside North London. Okay. I mean, it's going to be London-based, isn't it? Like, uh, I don't even know my London geography. Let's go northwest London. Oh, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to go. It's in the north somewhere. Let's have a look. Uh, is oh, it's oh, it's in London. It's between oh. Hayes and West Drayton. Um, oh, Apple are based there. Oh. there you go. Marks and Spencers, GSK. So, so they they're on a business park basically. Did you enjoy Jimmy Carragher's joke hour on Friday night when uh, I can't remember who it was now for Norwich basically hitting the pods. And as he was rolling round, Carrie was like, oh, don't need VAR for that. <laughs> and and, he, and to fill the time, he just kept making more and more like pathetic jokes about how we shouldn't go to VAR for this. And, yeah. and it went it was showing some people in the crowd, and they were laughing at a monitor, and they go, oh, guess what they're watching? And it's like, oh, <laughs> Carragher's joke hour, it's going to yeah. be a thing. Was, he was a dog with a new bone. But Martin Tyler's jokes as well were, uh, well, jokes is in quotations, like, well, all this... The recipe's not quite right, and there's a mm. clip of Delia Smith, and you're like, oh, fucking, you know, <laughs> poor Norwich fans have had to hear this stuff. It's just normally it's been with slightly less viewers in the championship. Well, I'm enjoying, about, oh, sorry, Dave, I'm enjoying the running joke of how much Adrian's playing for Jamie Carragher's house. I don't know if you've been following this over. It's like a story that's been interspersed over the three different commentary Sky have had over the weekend, but... Basically, Carragher is selling his house to Adrian, the West Ham. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, it, it, was, it was mentioned during the Man United game today for some reason. Yeah, well, this thing started on Friday night, uh, and then today it's talking about the cost of something, and then Martin Tyler went, oh, that's about what Adrian's paying for your house. And <laughs> it's it's an incredible running joke, which I hope lasts for nine months, but we'll, we'll see. It's... um. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, does anyone notice? So you know, last year there was the big deal about Martin Tyler's, and it's live. And so, <clears> have you noticed he hasn't got the same enthusiasm for it this year? He's changed it up, Chris. I noticed that today, and I've got to say, it, it irked me. It irked my very soul. Has he got anything to do with the fact that Sky have trademarked it and are using it in, the, in all their promotional <laughs> material for the Premier League? I, I, I think so. Football's honestly, <laughs> the game's gone. He just, he was just like, yeah, and it's live, and like, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm here. Um, it's actually it's actually banned in my house now because I've started like putting putting the washing machine on and going and it's live and my wife's just furious that I've ruined this great phrase but never mind. And while we're talking <laughs> while while we're talking about jokes that are going on all season, Dave, we've we've got a new Jorginho in the Premier League. Oh, who is it? Rodri. <laughs> Rodri is the new fucking Jorginho. All this guy did was pass sideways. Yeah, but he did it with style. Yeah, he fell over a couple of times. He almost gave a penalty away. Um, so he, he he's like he's Mustafi and uh, Jorginho had a baby. Um, yeah. I, I enjoy that Guardiola said he was a, a defensive midfielder because he had no tattoos and had the haircut of a defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. Yeah, £63 million for someone who passes the ball sideways. It's, um, 
yeah, very strange. Uh, he grew into the game a little bit. I, I, I didn't watch all of all of this game. Apparently, he grew into it and actually played a forward pass at one point. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen a few people on Twitter saying that if if he either played for Chelsea, the, the press would have been ripping him apart instead of raving about him. Um, so Sane is out for a considerable amount of time. Uh, Riyad Mahrez came in this weekend and had a pretty decent game. Do you think this is his season to step up at Man City? It's no reason why not. Uh, I mean, Bernardo Silva did it last year. That mm-hmm. was kind of like his, his breakthrough season, if you like. He um, just led his country to African Nations Cup glory as well. Uh, well, that can only help, can't it? Mm-hmm. But it's like, can you get a run in the team at Man City? Um now that obviously Sane is out, you'd think that pretty much locks Sterling to the, the left side, um, and that leaves what Mares and uh, Bernardo Silva to, to scrap yeah, the other side. I feel, I feel like I'm missing someone. Probably they've got about a hundred different players. I oh, know there'll, there'll be someone I've I've missed out. But yeah, also don't have him on penalties, and yeah, I think that'll help his confidence as well. I remember him missing a key penalty. Actually, it ended up not being key because they won the league, but you know, key because I had a bet on it against <laughs> uh, against Liverpool last season. It's one thing that uh, Man City aren't good at, amazing, these penalties. I think Aguero's missed, apart from mm-hmm. the, the retaker one, I think he'd missed like three in a row. Yeah. Well, of course, last season that just would have been a miss and, you know, we move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really interesting. Uh, Edison made a fantastic double save, probably the only thing he had to do all game. Uh, the only other thing I know is Raheem Sterling is still in the form of his life, isn't he? And if anything, he looked even better. Like that, that was it. His second goal where he chipped the goalkeeper. Yeah, that was very nice. Absolutely great ball in, um, but absolutely fantastic finish from him. Maybe a golden boot winner. Who knows? Yeah, that's it. You know, he's, he's top scorer after the first weekend. Um, well, the thing is, like I say, I, I can't see him being rotated particularly um, while Sane is out. He's undroppable. Personally, well, I, I mean, Pep likes to drop everybody. Nothing's undroppable when, when Pep's <laughs> around. Like every, everyone can and will be rotated, but. Um, Generally, like he hasn't played Mares down the left because all he does is cut inside, and he can't do that on the left. Um, and obviously, Sane is not there. He could play, you know, De Bruyne or someone out there. But again, like it's it's not really his natural position, is it? So well, Zinchenko's actually a midfielder, isn't he? he, he is he? Play, yeah, he can play forward if Mendy ever gets himself fit, or when he plays his thirty minutes a season. Um, they've also signed another left back, haven't they? Some lad who they loaned, uh, sold, and uh, Ange- Angelino, who looked. Up- so out of his depth in pre-season but I mean mm-hmm. that's the only time I've ever seen him play so yeah so they do have options but like the, the improvement from Sterling it's it's consistent like he's improving constantly like couple of, when he was his last season at Liverpool was frustrating as hell missing chances left right and centre and now he's dinking the ball over a goalkeeper from six yards out it's mm. it, it's it's phenomenal um, I hope it continues because the press fucking gets so wound up when he's playing well it's it's brilliant but yeah, Man City still looking like title contenders. Yeah, oh, God yes, yeah. They are head and shoulders above everybody else, aren't they? I know, I know. It's been a funny weekend and stuff like that. We've we've results probably not going the way some of us would have imagined. But yeah, I don't see anybody stopping Man City. At the moment. Well, you know, I've already now my colours to the mast. I'm going to stick with it. I do think Liverpool will eventually be title winners. God help us all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> On to the rest of Saturday's games then. We might as well start... Oh, God, I don't know which one of these crazy results to start with. Uh, Watford, who I never realised actually finished 11th last season, considering we spent all season talking about how they were going to finish 7th, um, lost at home to Brighton. Free. Yeah. 
The Graham Potter effect. Graham Potter, who was a decent left-back in his day. I used to watch him when he played at York, uh, which is my second team. I'm talking about York a few times. I should probably just validate that. And, uh, yeah, he's someone that I've, as a career, you know, you follow as much as you can from afar when a British manager is managing in somewhere like, you know, Norway. But you do your best. And, and of course, when he came over to Swansea, yeah, he didn't win that many games, but the way Swansea played, in fact, did the double over the mighty red and white wizards of Sheffield United <laughs> uh, last season. And just the, the way that they constantly changed formation, which is something that you see quite a bit in La Liga, uh, but it's not always something that you see so often in the championship. And he was doing that. And I thought that he adapted well to the off the field, let's use the word shenanigans, which I always think sounds like an Irish malt whiskey, uh, because they have the... American owners, don't they, Swansea, who aren't really that bothered. You know, a bit like Americans can be. They're kind of all or nothing. The thing with Americans is you've got to keep the energy up or they lose interest. And uh, I think, you know, they're like toddlers. And I think that's been the case <laughs> with, the, uh, with the owners of Swansea. So he's had to, he had to sort of deal with all that. And I love what he's done already at Brighton. Not too many changes, not too many acquisitions, but key acquisitions. And Mopai, what a striker. Yes, he rejected Sheffield United because he thinks you know, Brian looked like a better prospect. But that man can finish. I already liked Andone from what I'd seen of him for Deportivo. And I think when he starts to get more minutes, he'll score goals as well. And they've got uh, the old man of the sea side in uh, Glenn Murray. <laughs> they can always throw on. I actually really like this Brighton side. I think a lot of people would have predicted them to get relegated. With Graham Potter at the helm, that won't happen. And I think that they will be safe mid-table and then push on from that next season and be an established Premier League team. See, I, I, Brighton were one of my picks to go down and after seeing this performance, I know it was only like a highlights on match of the day, I, I was actually quite impressed with them. I knew Mopay was going to have a good season the minute Paul Merson wrote him off on Soccer Saturday. <laughs> um, so I thought, right, he's probably in for the golden boot. Um, but yeah, I know Watford didn't look great in this game, but yeah, you know, Glenn Murray's in his 300th Premier League season. Um, but yeah, and Doné came on and scored. Mope came on and scored. Brighton actually looked like an attacking team, which I imagine that's what caught Watford out, because if they've watched any uh, any videos of Brighton in the last two seasons, they haven't attacked anybody. Certainly yeah. away from home. And actually, the thing with Watford, what they've done wrong is they haven't sacked their manager. Give it time. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. So my, my main take on this is that I, was, I thought Brighton would, do the classic we've changed we want to play football all we can do is head the ball so it'll fail miserably but to be fair so far so good um Watford were, were pretty poor um we talked about Watford on the preview shows they've made no acquisitions whatsoever um oh no they've just got Sarin on deadline yeah, day he wasn't involved Sarin here on deadline, yeah, yeah. And, the, and they've bought Craig Dawson which is never anyone's solution to any sort of problem um <laughs> so I, I was I've was kind of sceptical about Watford's chances this season because I think they've, they've kind of become a bit stale and quite often you see when teams make a cup final we saw their um, their league form dropped off because obviously you start looking towards the cup final uh, but then how do you get out of that slump uh, and we saw it with, with um, Bolton a lot of years ago where they made the cup semis got hammered 5-1 uh, by Stoke I think it was it was uh, and then went down the following season because they never really got over it I mean yes also they played Adam Bogdan and goal for a bit but that's not the point mm-hmm. Um, so with Brighton, I saw this result. And my actual first, uh, my first thought was, 
This is exactly like Huddersfield when they came up and they batted, I think it was Crystal Palace on the opening day and everyone thought, oh, fucking hell, look at these boys. It might not be, you know, the dawn of a new era. Yeah, Brighton. It, 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 it might just be who they were playing on the day. Mm, potentially, I say. I mean, Huddersfield did survive that, that season when they started they that They did. Well. That, that's, that's true, they did. But... Uh, and that'll be what Brighton would be looking for, isn't it? Survival. I think they're going to do a little bit better than that. And that's not based purely. I mean, obviously, a huge slice of what happened yesterday or whenever you're listening to this Saturday uh, has had an impact on that. But, you know, as I say, what well, I believe Graham Potter's a very, very good manager and gets his ideas across, and I think they'll do well. I was going to say, he, he was manager of Osterland when they beat Arsenal the other, the other season in the Europa League. It's true. So he's obviously a quality manager. Uh, <laughs> not many uh, managers have beaten Arsenal in Europe. Oh, I ain't got a minute now, sorry. That's, that's wrong. Um, yeah, so it, it could, the, it, the opening day is always a weird one. Isn't it? There's always these weird results to say, oh, yeah, I remember the Huddersfield one when they won 5 0 at, um, at Palace and stuff. But yeah, it, it was just strange. You know, this is a, a Watford team that usually started last season so well. Yes, they tailed off, as I say, the cup hangover. Um, you know, this Brighton team, none of their new signings started. And stuff like that. It was basically the same team, and I was surprised to he- hear Potter when he was asked about that. He was like, "Oh yeah, I want to reward the players who've done well in pre-season, the lads who were here last year." And Brighton mm. were terrible last season. <laughs> so I mean, he he switched to a, a three, uh, like a three-four-three three almost, wasn't it? Because he played Solly March as a kind of left wing back, which mm-hmm. maybe they're undoing in future weeks, given from what I saw yesterday. But um, Montoya, who I want to say, was it Barcelona? He was, he Barcelona right back. I mean, uh, very yeah. highly rated. He very seemed, good signing on football manager. Yeah. He seemed pretty decent. So, you know, he's obviously got some good players there. Um, I was a bit nervous about you know, the prospect of Duffy trying to play out from the back, but so far so good, I guess. But yeah, I there were no, no central defenders running up for headers every five minutes. You know, <laughs> they, they actually played football. I was, I was quite impressed. Uh, on to other Saturday's results then. So uh, again, a, another surprise result: uh, Southampton, who were, you know, a lot of a lot of people seem to be fancying to do well this season, uh, came up against Burnley, uh, which was also the opening fixture for last season, uh, but in the opposite way round. Uh, Who but, could forget? Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, Burnley absolutely turned it on. Ashley Barnes scoring a double as as Burnley come away three 0 winners. Um, Austria's finest. Yeah. Oh, I hate Ashley Barnes so much, but he's he, he actually played really well in this game. Are you going to validate that with a reason? Because he's actually fucking Barnes. Hey, Chris, I'll argue with that. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I can't... I, this was a shock result for me. Burnley, I think Burnley last season didn't win until, like, the end of September, was it? I think there was only, like, I think only Newcastle didn't win a game. Sorry, Dave. Mm. Uh, was it Newcastle last season who didn't win a game for we, ages? Oh, we, we didn't win a game until November. It was yeah, great. Yeah, I say, I remember Burnley going a long while, but for them to start off with a 3-0 win at home against a, a fancied Southampton team, um, yeah, really It strange. was a surprise. Yeah, Burnley, as their fans say, uh, they did look good, but I think people like Southampton because of, Ralph uh, Rabbit Hutch, isn't it? House and Hurtle, we believe that's the uh, translation. Just he got them playing good football last season. It looks like they've only strengthened. Che Adams is a striker I know extremely well. I watched pretty much every game he played for Sheffield United. And whilst he might be the most unintelligent human being that is uh, breathing, he is an exceptional striker. Uh, One of those strikers that will be fantastic when he's got time. Because, you know, some strikers, when they've got time, like Raheem Sterling, 
they don't want that, they'll make a mistake. But also, Chadams is good when it's just a quick-fire shot that just comes into him. Great controlling the ball in his chest, not bad in the air either, and can use both feet. So I was expecting him to have quite an impact in that game. Got substituted, didn't have an impact at all. Of course, it's a long season. And Redmond, anyone who watches Redmond regularly will know the guy's a bag of tricks. He's a very, very exciting player. And we didn't see that at all from uh, Southampton. And Burnley, well worth it. Good value. I like Burnley. They've got the core of a British team. It's something every Sheffield United fan can relate to. And, of course, we'll be looking to emulate their kind of staying power in the Premier League. And you might have even heard Chris Wilder's press conference. He was actually imitating Sean Dyche with his sore throat. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I say Burnley definitely were the surprise result for me this weekend. Uh, I'm, you know, it'd be good to see Burnley kick on. They've had a, a couple of rough seasons, um, not really strengthened much either. As but that seems to be the Burnley way. Uh, Tom Heaton's left them as well, but Nick Pope is back in goal, which is promising for them. But also, York as well. But also, Joe Hart still plays for them. <laughs> so that they are literally ninety minutes from disaster. Uh, on to other Saturday games, we might as well get on to it, the big game. Sheffield United's first game back in the Premier League for quite a while. They got rewarded yes. for, with to a trip to a cow shed uh, to watch their team play Bournemouth. Um, Bournemouth started with former Sheffield United player Ramsdale in goal, which was a bit, you know, Sheffield, uh, Bournemouth have got four goalkeepers, and I think this is the one that nobody expected to start. Yeah, Aaron Ramsdale, one of many amazing youth players that came through at Sheffield United, which probably means he'll go on to play for England. And <laughs> at some point, he will be valued far ahead of his market value. And Sheffield United will once again look on as to how we sold a player for a great deal less. I think you only ever need to look at Kyle Walker's 1.5 million move to Tottenham <laughs> and to constantly remember, because uh, you know, we valued Kyle Norton so much higher. Uh, it was interesting to see that uh, Bournemouth fans who, you know, I've been looking at uh, their conversations online, their forums and Twitter, how excited they were uh, having that summer without football, couldn't wait to get back to going to see the game and only 10,000 fans actually at the Vitality Stadium. Well, that's as many as they can get in. They can get more than that. There was empty seats is my point. And I just, I thought that was just shocking, Uh, especially as it was so hard for fans like myself to uh, get a ticket in the away and that was completely sold out as will be the case right throughout the season and living overseas I've, got, I've realized I've got absolutely no chance the only game I think I'm going to see all season was a pre-season friendly I watched in the Algarve uh, Sheffield United played Real Betis I went to, I drove 10 hour round trip to watch that and I think that's probably been the only game I get to but this one uh, interesting that Eddie Howe changed his formation such was the the fear that was coursing through his veins at the 3-5-2 that Chris Wilder plays with the Blades. And that is that never really changes, uh, except in this game, when it did. But uh, he went with a 3-4-3. They don't normally play three at the back, Bournemouth. They normally go with a flat-back four. And I thought that was either, this is the way Bournemouth are going to play this season, and he's decided after watching pre-season, which they had a good pre-season in La Manga, we all watched that mic'd up Eddie Howe clip. Uh, it seems like he's... A decent fella that maybe he's decided to just change that formation or he simply changed it to match up with three on three and it, for a large portion of the game 
with them winning 1-0 as it was for uh, quite a bit of time and you know up until the 88th minute because they scored on 62 it looked like it had worked but in reality if you saw the game Bournemouth were probably second best for large parts and that's not to be expected this is a side that is very good at home on paper their squad is far superior to Sheffield United's but I was so enthused by the way that the Blades went about their their day and the changes the way that Chris Wilder used his bench was the exact polar opposite of Eddie Howe who just didn't use his substitutes well enough he made one change taking Callum Wilson off I think most people would say that's Bournemouth's best player and replacing him with Solanke I think most people would say that's Bournemouth's worst player. And uh, Chris Wilder did the opposite. He threw on uh, new signing Ollie McBurney, who was the most expensive Scotsman for about two days until Tierney went to Arsenal. And Luke Freeman, a guy who's just been down the lower leagues since being an Arsenal youth player, has finally got back to the Premier League where he deserves to be. And of course, of course, Billy Sharp went on for a centre-back, Chris Basham, Basham Bauer, and uh, Billy changed the formation they had to then go four at the back and change the game, being what he is, a fox in the box, like Francis Jeffers, but good at professional football. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I only saw the highlights of this one on Match of the Day and it looked like the most scrappiest Premier League football game I've ever seen in my life. Um, Did you feel, Chris, watching it, that it was a fair result? Um, is this a good time to say I'm not a really the biggest Sheffield United fan in the world, so I was kind of hoping they'd get smashed? Um, the reason find that hatred. Um, I fi- oh, oh, what's his fucking face? That Chris Morgan, is it? Oh yeah. Yeah, there's a reason for it. Neil oh, Warnock was your fucking manager. There's another one. It's a guy that I've met a few times outside of uh, football, and he, a nicer guy, and also polar opposite to how he played. You know, you, you just couldn't meet a nicer chap. Really, I'd, really. I'd, I'd like to meet him with a baseball bat. <laughs> Uh, wow that's strong stuff yeah there's so much about it like i think it was like just just growing up there's just something about sheffield united i just didn't like i didn't like brian dean Uh, i didn't like that stupid kit you had with lava all over the front of it Um, that was my favorite kit yeah you didn't like brian dean what did brian dean do like brian dean he's just a gentle giant i don't know he scored the first premier league goal as well didn't they but yeah yeah, I've just always had this thing against Sheffield United. I, I, you know, well, Chris, and, and then you... very poorly, so I'm afraid I, I cannot fight that. And then we had the whole um, Steve Bruce taking his players off thing uh, at, at Highbury. I wish he turned his players off to do. Uh, yeah, well, there's, yeah, there's just always been something about them. Um, but no, I think it was a fair result, if, if we're being honest. Uh, Bournemouth didn't look that impressive. Um, uh, interestingly think... enough, Chris Chris Meppham only scored two career goals, both of them against Sheffield United. I know that. Tell me, man, you can get behind Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get his name on the back of his shirt. <laughs> uh, the free kick that was given for that goal, when you see it again, wasn't a free kick. Ryan Fraser should have been sent off for a stamp on Oliver Norwood. VAR, if they're not going to look at things like that, you think, well, well what's the point? Uh, Dean Henderson's save leading up to that goal for Bournemouth, it's kind of been ignored, but just an incredible one-hand save low down. And actually, it looked like Ake uh, did foul uh, a Blades player in the build-up to that goal as well. So, you know, I've got some, some concerns with uh, VAR, I should say. Uh, after after that goal, which was definitely a disappointing goal to concede, and and at that point felt very much against the run of play. Yeah. I think uh, Bournemouth missed Brooks. We saw that he's out for a few yeah, months. I think that's, for a while, 
I think that's part of the reason they switched the formation because uh, they brought in Wilson from Liverpool, who's only joined them maybe Wednesday or Thursday. So yeah. I think he'd obviously thought of a, a system to use. They got a few injuries as well, haven't they? They got, they got the most injuries at the moment in the Premier League, and yeah, I'm glad you brought up uh, Brooks because uh, that, of course, another another Sheffield <laughs> United player yeah. who will go on to be worth millions. Right, so- Talking in all seriously about Sheffield United, they've probably got a few. I say Henderson in goal. I know he's only on loan from Man United. He looks quite promising. Uh, I do like Luke Freeman. I remember when he joined Arsenal when we signed him from Gillingham for like five million quid. I think it was uh, when he was when he was like really young uh, and then never really got a crack. I think when we signed him, he wanted to be a striker. And then he's obviously moved around a bit, and has finally made his way to the Premier League. He, he looked quite lively when he when when he played as well. Um, do you think Sheffield United are going to stay up, Hal? I know you're yes, going to say yes. Yes, of course. I, I, say, I wouldn't believe you if you said no. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's funny that we are getting quite excited about drawing away <laughs> with Bournemouth 1-0. And the last time we were in the Premier League, we started our campaign with a 1-0 draw uh, with Liverpool. And, of course, we eventually went down. So I'm not getting ahead of myself, let's put it that way. That's good. I think it'll be an, an interesting season. I think, apart from, like say... There's a few. There's a few teams that could probably struggle this season. Um, well, we've got Newcastle guaranteed, so that's just one less place that we've got to worry about. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think it'll be an interesting season. But... Well, Chris, my my aim in, in the entirety of this season is just to have you change your opinion of the Mighty Blades, and if I can do that, no matter where we finish in the league, I'll be a happy man. Oh, I'll tell you right now, that's not happening. Um, okay, excellent. <laughs> I say, I think, but. With, you say, without being too biased, I think out of the three promoted sides, I think you are the most likely to go down. <laughs> no. But I'm only going off what I've seen from the opening weekend. Yeah, so, well, obviously, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. I look forward to being proven wrong. Uh, talking about being proven wrong, two of the most, well, what everyone thought were going to be two of the most attacking teams in the league this season, uh, took on each other at, uh, when Crystal Palace met Everton and played out a nil-nil. Excellent. Um, not really. What's much. going on, by the way, with Zaha? I mean, he was left out, right? Uh, he started on the bench. Did he did come on? So what's the deal? Because you would never leave Zaha on the bench unless he was uh, mortally wounded. He's sulking, isn't he? Because he didn't get his move to Everton, apparently. That's what's happening? Because that could be huge as a storyline for the season. Because obviously, I was watching the Blades game, and I, I kind of match of the day was on so late here. I, I had a chance to sort of see that. I think he obviously had been at the African Cup Nations anyway, so he was lacking fitness to begin with, a bit like Pepe at Arsenal today. So I think even if he's been happy as Lowry, he might not have started anyhow. Um, But the fact that he spent all summer trying to get a move, partially to Everton, um, probably didn't help matters. Yeah, yeah. And when he came on, he didn't look... He didn't really do much. This wasn't a great advert for Premier League football. I thought Everton were going to have a good season. They probably still will do, but they didn't come out the blocks well at all uh gomez went off injured i believe well, that's um, big yeah i say he, he you know schneidling got sent off as he tends to do um <laughs> although talking of the sending offs uh that their penalty taking is uh miller uh, oh, yes. probably should have been sent off oh is it no no is this for the like the supposed high t- tackle oh, yeah the t- high tackle yeah, yeah. Nah, i think they got this right like he, he was not going to not even trying to make a challenge at the time, he's just trying to kick the ball, and it's just the way the way his foot's followed through. I yeah. thought that was that was right. Yeah, so I wasn't sure about it. It, it definitely looked nastier than it was, I suppose. But um, I, they reviewed it with VAR and, and didn't give it them. Um, 
Max Meyer actually looked pretty good. I think he is very, very He's good. I was surprised yeah, that he, he didn't play as many minutes. Yeah, but he didn't play that much last season. I thought he would be intrinsic to the way that Palace operate. I've actually got Palace to go down in my kind of uh, prediction league and Everton to do quite well. So, yeah, this this result did surprise me. I think we would probably all three of us beforehand have said Everton to win. Yeah, I thought Everton were absolutely going to walk through Palace, to be fair. Mm. Palace think have been poor at the better times. I think if Keane had been able to start, it might have been a different story. I think he'll, if he hits the ground running, Everton will be a lot better team with him yeah. in it. I was really surprised. I say I know first day of the season, it's, it's tradition of the time of the year where football fans everywhere cry because their new signings aren't starting uh, because obviously they got bed into the team. But I was really surprised to see Dominic Calvert Lewin pull on an Everton shirt on Saturday afternoon. I'm glad you mentioned Dominic Calvert Lewin, Chris, uh, <laughs> as a Sheffield United youth player that will go on for millions. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, but yeah, if Zaha doesn't pull his form out of his arse and stop sulking, this could be a tough season for Crystal Palace. Oh, what an image. Thank you for that. Um, how do you think Everton are going to do? Do you think they've invested well? They're the, they're the one team that seems to, on the surface, it invested really well. You know, they've got the buy of the season in Kian or Keane or whoever that we decide we want to say it from week to week. Um, how far do you think they can go this season? Uh, if everyone stays fit, I think they'll be top eight. But uh, the one injury to a centre half away from, you know, the bare bones already. So um, when you said Keane, Dave, earlier, are you you on about not Michael Keane? Oh uh, no, um, most, I think it's Ken. Is that? I mean, I, mean, I, might I, be wrong. I I always thought it was K N or Ken or something like that. But okay. uh, a lot of people have pronounced it Keane and stuff. It's one of those, isn't it? I suppose it's like the Giovanni Lo Celso, Giovanni the Chelso kind of thing, isn't it? We don't yet know exactly how to pronounce because we haven't heard uh, Michael, uh, sorry, Martin Tyler Martin get them wrong. Yeah. I'm, I'm just sick and educated. Like we'll we'll call him Kian to differentiate between him and Michael Keane, who is definitely not pivotal. But can we is, call him Kian, like like the pepper? <laughs> the pepper. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, I say you can tell Palace weren't very good when they made Yerry Mina look like the one of the world's best centre backs on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> he literally just sat there like knock it, heading everything away constantly. It's we'll such talk- a good squad, Everton's on paper. Mm-hmm. I really do expect them to do well this season. I mean, just they never really do as well. A bit like West Ham, as you expect. Yeah, say it, it, it is really strange to you know. Football man, if you is this what you say? If Everton were your team on Football Manager, I think you'd be you'd be delighted. But, well, Everton are my team on football manager. Okay, uh, but I'm delighted. Know, they just, yeah, they just, they just never seem to to pull up any trees. Uh, right on to Sunday's games then. Oh, Dave, Dave, mm. first yes. game of the season. They're pitting us against each other. Um, so Newcastle United hosted the newly reformed Arsenal. I, I do, I've heard some strange names for us over over, over the summer. Uh, so Arsenal probably had the greatest transfer window in their history and then decided to start with three youth players um, in their team. Although you can't really call Callum Chambers a youth player. We signed him from elsewhere. Uh, Joe Willock, brother of Chris Willock, who's now at West Brom, I believe, on loan from Benfica, strangely. Uh, and Reese Nelson uh, got starts. Uh, for Newcastle, Joe Linton, £40 million record signing started uh interesting enough the steve bruce is newcastle's 10th manager in 12 years i didn't realize you'd had quite that many dave uh no me neither but four i mean four of them were in one season so i mean oh, that, that okay. would help. yeah but yeah newcastle playing three at the back with paul dummett being one at the back yeah what that's, that's, 
I mean, he is a centre half. He's just he's just left footed, so he's been playing left back for many years. But he is actually a centre half. Okay. Um, he's wearing number three, which means, a as a traditionalist, he's a left back, yes. and that's the end of that. Mm, well, Let's yeah. have no more of this nonsense, Dave. Come along. <laughs> Fine. Well, either way, he's not very good. So, so you were, hey, I uh, thought he played pretty well today, actually. When, well, when he when he when he put that tackling on Pepe, I was expecting <laughs> a text. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just a solid seven out of ten every week. Like he's he's never going to go beyond that. But uh, he's only in at the moment because Lejeune's injured again. Um, but once he's back, he'll probably be out of the team. But so, so you were at the game, Dave. No, no, I wasn't. Oh, I've, I've not, okay. oh no, you've I've, not I've renewed not, this season. Have you? I've not renewed. No. Oh, um, so Dave, you're not in the uh, support the team, not the regime. Well, it's. I mean, there's, there's, there's two reasons. I mean, one, I can't afford 650 quid to renew with a baby on the way. Um, so for all I didn't go, it was partially a financial thing rather than a put me foot down kind of thing. Oh, baby, um, that's on the sex. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, yeah. So. I, I, I watch this from the comfort of my front room, which is just as well, because it's absolutely pissed down here all day. <laughs> oh, what I wouldn't give for some rain right now. <laughs> I've um, got sweat in my eye as I'm recording this. <laughs> but, I mean, we were absolutely shit. Like, there's no nice way to sugarcoat this. Like, that's the poorest team Arsenal will field all season. I was going to say, you, yeah, it wasn't you, you, will, you, you, you will play Europa League games where you play, you know, a stronger team than that, and you'll already have qualified. Um <laughs> We should have been putting you into all sorts of pressure. And in the second half, I don't remember us having a shot on goal. The team got more and more disjointed as the game went on. Every substitution he made seemed to give us less and less structure. Mm-hmm. Um, all the good stuff we had last season, like the, the shape of the team, how compact we were, how the front man was able to bring in other players, that was all gone. I mean, I actually thought Joe Linton did all right. Yeah, but, I, I, I thought he was all right. But there was no width whatsoever because Javi Mankio was playing at right wing back and he's got nothing. And Matt Ritchie, who was playing at left wing back for a bit and then ended up playing centre midfield because the world's oldest 25 year old came on to play at left back and just stood watching is for the goal. Is this Willems? Yes. Right, how, so, is he, how is he 25? So, yeah, without being completely horrible and massively controversial. One thing I noticed, yeah, Willems came... Like, I, I, at first, thought Newcastle looked quite organised. Like, you had a little bit of shape at the back for, for a, a small amount of time. And then, yeah, Willems come on and, and completely undone it. And the first <laughs> thing I saw, thought when I saw him, and then, is it Saint-Maximin? Saint yes. Or, or Maxima, as they were calling him on Sky this afternoon. Not sure where that came from. The only thing I could think of when them pair come on, like, they're, they're units, those boys. Nando's in Newcastle must be rubbing their fucking hands together with them boys, <laughs> like because they look like they eat chicken for fucking hours a day. Like, yeah, he, he come on, he looked like someone out the crowd. Had come on. Do you remember when Southampton signed that geezer? Because they were Ali Dye. Ali Dye, like literally, just like never heard of him. Just, just some fat geezer who's apparently related to fucking George Weah and whatever. That's what this this Willems got. He literally watched the game go past. I think Granite Xhaka took him on twice. <laughs> that says it all, doesn't it? I have to say that the most exciting thing about this game was Almiron's eyebrows. When seen in HD, they uh, they are something to behold. And, and you know, you had to go at Willems, but actually, Alan Saint-Maxime, of course, the fans got quite excited when he came on, but he didn't look very good. He, I can see how he gets fans off their seat, because he, he gets the ball and he runs, then he falls he tries. over. If he takes the ball with him, he'll do better. Yeah, I mean, you could see it was... 
glimpses in there that would be useful. But mm -hmm. again, like he kept falling over, which is yeah, not going to help you. He was like a um, newborn baby deer. He, yeah. he was a bit like that. Yeah, yeah but I but think but I think he was doing it just so he could flick himself up on to his feet. I mean, that was that was a, a highlight, to be honest. Sky have shown that twice as part of their highlights. It's probably it's probably the highlight of our match, to be honest, in terms of what we achieved. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm I was already fairly low on on how you, I was. You thinking, were, Dave. I mean, I lumped it on Norwich after that for their next game because I was just so disappointed. It looked like Newcastle didn't have any fight and I expected so much more. Well, exactly. And if nothing else, that's kind of all you expect from a team is that they'll mm. you know, put put the effort in. And what I was expecting more of was that like Bruce is, you know, practically a dinosaur and yet there was no, like, let's pump the ball in the box and try and, you know, Jack Charlton, put them under pressure kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. even, even with, like, 10 minutes to go, there was none of that. We still had three centre-backs on the field. Pui Yoshinori Muto, who had a decent pre-season for someone who could barely got a kick under Benitez. Our bench had four defenders on it. Uh, whatever San Maximen is, and, and Muto, who's a striker. And Muto didn't get on the field. Yeah, that is really strange. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's just, I, obviously, while you've got four defenders on the bench, and he's justified this because Lascelles and Dummett were apparently less than 100%, so he put four defenders on there to cover for them. And yet, obviously, Shelby got injured, and on came old Willems. <laughs> and then he took off Longstaff, who is also a centre midfielder. I didn't even notice Longstaff uh, was playing. No, no well, I, I must admit, I didn't. I really noticed Shelby, though. He's a player I really like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's, well, Shelby's a good player, but I mean, Rafa was never going to get the best of him, because he, Rafa likes the centre mids to get the ball pretty much 10 yards inside their own half and then go from there. Um the one thing is this, Shelby was a lot further forward today, which was good. Um, I thought we had one too many central midfielders doing nothing. Um, there was more of a need to have, you know, two men off Joe Linton. Um, one would have been San Maximan and the other one would have been Almiron. Um, whether he changed it against a lesser team next weekend away from home, I doubt it. He, he's always been a 3-5-2 kind of man. Can't see him going more adventurous than that. Do you, um, do you think it'll change when the likes of Saint Maximilian is like up to speed, though? Because he doesn't look like a player who fits into that system. Well, this is the other thing that annoys us that he's always been a three-five-two fella for as long as I can remember. Now, apparently, he wasn't a chef word, but he certainly was at Villa. Um, and yet, he's bought him, who's for me a winger. Um, he, he looks like a, a left winger, basically. But Almiron looks. <sighs> He looked dangerous under Benitez today. He looked totally lost, and I can see him him being cast aside before long, which is a huge shame. So um, apparently he, sta he started up front by the looks of it, but then yeah, he, so, he, he, he was out on the right at times. He was falling over in the penalty area. Yeah, well, well this seems to be as far as Bruce's tactics go, is that we have one centre-forward and one who runs around, um, which, as you say, didn't really work. He took a terrible dive as well, which I hate to see. And how thick have you got to be to dive when they've got VAR? Yeah, like, I, I found I mean, that really strange. So fucking stupid. Um, but that just summed us up today. Very thick, naive, stupid crap. I uh, can't wait for next Saturday. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, from an <laughs> Arsenal point of view, it was great. Um, we have already equaled our away clean sheets record from last season. Um, so we only kept one clean sheet away from home last season, uh, so we've equaled that record already. Uh, Joe Willock looked pretty good. Uh, Callum Chambers had a great game, although there wasn't—I'll be honest—there wasn't much for him to do. Um, but he looked—he he looked calm, you know. He was—you know—he was 
shouting instructions across the back. Um, it looks like he's going to be our first choice centre back with um, surprise uh, until uh, Rob Holding comes back or you know David Louise comes in. Um, but yeah, Reese Nelson didn't have the greatest game, but he's lucky. I think it was his, his, you know his, his first Premier League start, well his first game for us in over eighteen months, and even then he's only played a couple. Uh, we managed to get a few of our uh, new players off the bench for some minutes. Uh, none of them really set the world alight. Uh, Sabayo uh, came on. I've probably pronounced that terribly wrong. Um, but say Martin Tyler, uh, uh, not Martin Tyler. Fucking who's the geezer with Alan Smith? Hawthorne. Uh, Hawthorne. Yeah, it might have been. He pronounced. It might have been Bill Leslie. Oh, it was today. Oh, yeah, it was Leslie. Was. I just oh, remember yeah, Alan well. Smith. But they say they pronounced his name about three different ways. Uh, <laughs> he gave the ball away quite a lot, considering like what the the few minutes he's played for us in pre-season, he looked pretty assured. Um, yeah, Pepe came on, got tackled by Paul Dummett and probably thought, why am I here? Um, <laughs> and I was really surprised to see Martinelli come on because I didn't think he was going to get many Premier League minutes this season. He's been good in look, pre-season. Look good in, I was going to say, look very good in pre-season. Haven't Arsenal now got like a little break? And also, apart from Liverpool uh, and I know Tottenham as well to come at home, you know, the fixtures aren't too terrifying for Arsenal and they can maybe start to get their first team back and mm-hmm. possibly Pepe will replace someone like Nelson. Yeah, yeah. So, well, we've got Burnley next week. Uh, yeah, I imagine Pepe to come in for Nelson with, with uh, Aubameyang swapping sides, basically. Obviously, Lacazette's got to come back uh, as well. Ertzel and Kalashnak. You know, Tierney's not due to play until October at the earliest and stuff. So, we've got yeah, we've got a couple of tough games. I say we've got we've got Liverpool and, Chris, and Tottenham. So, who so will play? Because Tierney, Kalashnak, and Monreal mm-hmm. all realistically would play in the same position. Tierney will will play. Em- okay. Emery's Emery's not um, the greatest fan of uh, Monreal. He's just playing him because we don't have any other options. Uh, Kalashnik will always play further up the field if he gets the option because he's he's not a defender. When he played before he joined us, when he played in Germany, he he made the Bundesliga team of the season as a, as like a, a wing back, like winger type thing. That's where he's played for us with a left back or a left sided centre back kind of player behind him. Hence why um, you know Emery's gone out and bought a, bought a Tierney rather than going in and buying an out and out centre back as well. Yeah, uh, well so, Tierney's yeah. great, really really yeah, good. Yeah, I've rated him, rated him for a long long time, um, and I think he'll he'll fit because as while Emery doesn't really rate Monreal that much, he's the same sort of player in a way. Like he bombs forward and stuff like that. He's just not great at the defensive stuff. Whereas I think Tierney is very good. He's like um, yeah. he's like Andy Robertson. Basically. Yeah, he, he's, they're both Scottish. Yeah, that's, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, both Scottish left backs who, who like to attack, but can also get back and defend um, and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm I'm quite. I'd like to have seen a sign Wan Bissaka as well because he's a very similar player, but on the obviously the opposite side uh, and stuff like that. But we've got Bellerin coming back as well. I think if we can keep people fit and sell hey, Mustafi, I think we can have a good season. <laughs> Maitland Niles looked very good. He's a fantastic, absolutely fantastic player. I he is a victim wait. of his own versatility. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he would probably nail down and cement a place in the Arsenal team. But he's he's probably never going to do that. He's going to play when Bellerin's out, or he'll occasionally play wide right. But he is a central midfielder, really. And yeah. He he's minutes, and he's probably not going to get them in central midfield. It's a shame, really, because I would love to see him in the centre of our midfield yeah, because he's so good on the ball. Uh, and stuff like that, but he's, he's been fantastic at right back, absolutely fantastic. Well, I have no animosity towards Arsenal, as you can tell. Well, that's that's good. I wish I could return that favour. <laughs> <laughs> you will by the end of the season. It's my mission. We'll see until you beat us, because that'll probably happen. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, so an interesting, an interesting start, Dave. So, how do you think Newcastle season's going to go now? I know you were a little bit down, then you were a little bit up. Well, I'm really deflated by what I've seen today. I say like the least I expect was to, you know, even like to kick you a bit. Like it's always been a way to beat Arsenal, and I just mm-hmm. thought your team was very, very weak today. I was quite pleased when I saw that the team came out. What I would say is that it wasn't too dissimilar to the performance we gave against you last season under Benitez, when everyone, you know, obviously everyone loves Benitez, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still went on to survive. So it's early days. We might improve. Um, I don't think we know what our best team is yet. And that concerns me a great deal. I don't trust the manager. I don't think the manager is particularly clever or good at what he does. Um, we're relying a lot on Joe Linton to... Uh, to score goals, which he hasn't really done, and even in the Bundesliga, like I always use, Mama Juf scored goals in the Bundesliga, and Joe, Linton, <laughs> wow. and Joe Linton got got what seven or eight goals last season for Hoffenheim. Uh, I think he's a handful. Um, almost looks like he needs to play in a front two, in like a proper front two. Mm-hmm. Um, he dropped deep a lot. I noticed. I, I was watching it there, thinking he'd actually go quite well with Dwight Gale. Um, you know, Gale's not the best striker in the world by any means, but. He occupies defenders and he'll be on the shoulder all the time. Um, Almiron and San Maximan are, are more like your wide players almost, or you know, number 10s, um, not out-and-out strikers. And that, that was my impression of seeing it today. But um, honestly, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, well, I'm still new to Steve Bruce. I don't know how he'll react to a defeat. Um, but Norwich away next weekend... It's 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 too early to call it a six pointer, but it's it's gonna very much determine how our season's gonna go. Because if you can get a result there against someone like that, um, that's quite encouraging. We've got Spurs away the week after, which we're not gonna win, and you could already be looking at zero points from three games, which would be a lot of fun. I've also just realised we didn't speak about the Spurs game from Saturday. Oh, I mean it was pointless. The only thing I want to talk about there is that Danny Rose sat down for no reason, <laughs> allowing John John McGinn to score. It's Danny Rose. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be really quickly now over the Spurs game because I say we're going longer than I expected anyway. Uh, Jack Grealish, interestingly enough, has lost his last 19 Premier League games, which is now wow. a record. He's got shit. Stat. He's got yeah. shit hair. Yeah. Oh, no, I like his hair. I like, I like Jack Grealish, full stop. So, oh, he's a good player. I, I think I like he's a decent him. player. He, he's, a, he's a bit of a shithead, so. Um, but I think the last player I remember that having that sort of record was Gareth Bale when he first joined Spurs. That's I right. Think, I think he didn't win. He wasn't in a winning side for like 15 games or so uh, when he was playing as left back and stuff like that. Um, so what you're saying is Jack Grealish just needs to play against Inter Milan. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Uh, actually, I've got quite a lot to say about the Spurs game, but I'll, I'll do it really, really quickly. Interesting enough, first game of the season, a stadium that's less than six months old, and Spurs have to paint their fucking grass green. What is that all about? Hang on, they painted the grass? Yeah, so this is how, this is really, really sad. So I was watching this game yesterday, but uh-huh. basically two game, two teams that I really dislike, uh, Spurs and Villa. You dislike a lot of teams, yeah, but yeah, no yeah. Yeah, basically. Uh, well, I live in Birmingham, so I have to listen to Villa fans tell me how they're one of the best clubs in the world all the time, and it's not true. Uh, and I noticed that because it was obviously it was raining. You know, you you know you're a kid, and or when you play football on grass, and you you know you you, you get you, you get grass stains on your on your sh- on your sh- on your shorts or whatever. There's usually a bit of mud with them, isn't there? Mm-hmm. But all the grass stains on on the um, the Villa players and and the Spurs players kits, which it was literally just like really really bright green, which is which comes when teams paint their grass. I see. When you said it wasn't very interesting, yep, I wasn't joking. 
so yeah, Spurs paint their grass. Really weird. Um, it was a great opener for yeah, for, for McGinn, uh, who was valued at £50 million by uh, Manchester United in the summer, apparently. Yeah, Sheffield United signed his brother. Uh, we, we signed the wrong McGinn. <laughs> this guy's amazing. So it, it did look pretty good. Uh, the, the pass from Tyron Mings mm. was, was absolutely sublime. Mings is a defender, isn't he? He's yeah. a beast. To be fair, the, the lad they played with him as well. Um, oh, what's his name? Engels? Who the, who yes, also the yeah, he had he had a great start as well. Um, yeah, you know, I, I thought Villa were going to beat Spurs. If the game had only been forty five minutes long, they'd have been all right. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> Sissoko having a shot from six yards out that went out for a throw in. That was hilarious, which, wasn't which, it? Which is his decision, his decision making. Oh my! It just he got into these great positions time and time again, and just did the total wrong thing <laughs> over he and over. He looks very again. good actually running forward with the ball. It's mm-hmm. just what to do with it. Yeah, the thing is, he had a decent season last year. He was almost, I think he was in the running for Spurs player of the season. And then just the first game of the season, he was terrible. Um, uh, what else? Uh, and Dombele, Spurs' record signing, uh, scored an absolute cracking uh, goal to, 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 to equalise. Uh, and then decided he wanted to be that kid you all hated at school who was quite good at football, and but just couldn't play it properly. <laughs> uh, did uh, did anyone notice that after he scored, all he wanted to do was like like he was playing FIFA with his finger stuck on the trick button? <laughs> yeah. it, it was all fancy little flicks and stuff like that. I think. Well, I, I actually didn't even like his celebration. You know, he was just like, right, no, this is standard for me. Come along, let's get back to the centre circle. No messing about. And really, you think go crazy. You just scored a wonder goal and a wonderful stadium. You're New fans adore you. Enjoy the moment. But no, he was just like, right, come he, on. He, he is yeah. known for having a terrible attitude as mm. well. Uh, I mean, Spurs fans will be saying that and say, well, we should be beating Villa at home. Get that ball. It was late on. We've still got to do the business. But, you know, I like football, bizarrely, uh, for entertainment. And so I think uh, <laughs> when, when you've done something entertaining, you should enjoy it. The time does not keep ticking when you are celebrating. So, yeah. you know. Uh, the only other thing I've got, oh no, sorry, two things. One of them is a question. Um, so Harry Kane, who I didn't even realise was actually playing until he scored two goals and still got man of the match, weirdly. I think that's games. The, the Ericsson effect as well, bringing him on, transformed the game for Harry Kane. Yeah, definitely. I say, but uh, it didn't do much. But the inter- most interesting thing I took away from this game, so Eric Lamella has an interesting nickname within the uh, the Tottenham squad. I don't know where it comes from. Can either of you? Would either of you like to guess what it is? Cunty. You're not far away. <laughs> really? No, I don't want to guess. I don't like swearing. Uh, so yeah, no, his name is Coco. Apparently. Oh, no, that's not a swear. Yeah, it's not a swear, but it begins with a C. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't know where this comes from. It was just okay. Harry Kane just kept going on about cocoa in the. Uh, well, there is an the, alternative dairy milk uh, substitute. So if you if you're lactose intolerant, uh, which contains coconut milk, you can get it either sweetened or indeed unsweetened, and that is called cocoa. And perhaps Eric Lamella favours this in his tea, and he's the only one in the dressing room who does. Maybe I I, I just don't see Harry Kane being that inventive with his. Uh... Anything, uh, to be fair. Okay, back on to interesting matters. Oh, no, sorry, Leicester versus Wolves. Uh, two teams highly praised for their attacking football played at a boring nil-nil. Uh, With a goal disallowed. Yeah, most interesting thing that happened here is Dendonka had a goal disallowed in the second half for handball. Mm. This is yeah. what, the first victim of the, the new rule, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah. any, sort of, any sort of handball that leads to a goal is not a goal. Mm-hmm. Fancy that. Well, it is a little harsh, isn't it? You don't necessarily mean to have a ball ricochet onto your arm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I think it's, it can be quite unfair, and there will be occasions this season where uh, goals will be disallowed with a ball hitting a player's arm. They probably won't even realise the ball hit their arm, and that's the sort of thing that I'll have a problem with. I mean, that happened in the Women's World Cup, didn't it? In the, I want to say, the third, fourth game, England and... It did. Sweden, let's say. Um, I'm sure Ellen White took one down, barely hit a hand or an arm, whatever it was, but such is life. If that's the rule, well, that's the rule. It doesn't need to be life. It doesn't need to have that rule in it. So no, I think no. It was bigger problems. And hopefully they'll change it after this season. But for this season, there will be some goals that should be allowed to be choked off. Yeah, I'm kind of glad it did happen, though, because else there would be fuck all to speak about from this game. Well, let me guess, you you hate Wolves. Oh, no, I and, love Wolves. Uh, I was born in Wolverhampton. I, I do have a soft spot for them. If you're born in Wolverhampton, you must support Arsenal. Yeah, that's exactly how it goes. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Yep, yeah, moving on. Uh, so, <laughs> on to Super Sunday. This is Sky must have been wetting themselves when this fixture was announced as the first game of the season. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at the wheel for Manchester United against Frank Lampard's Chelsea FC. Um, Man United win away 4-0 winners. I don't... I, does anyone see this coming? Well, I don't think any of us will have looked at this game in any other way. We'll all say the same thing, right? Chelsea played pretty well. Mm-hmm. And were hit on the counter four times by clearly just a more ruthless and clinical team. So if Chelsea had taken their chances, this game could have been one of the goaliest games of all time. And could easily have been... It could have been 4 all, couldn't it? Yeah, I I think that's... When you think Chelsea at the post twice, uh, and as you say, once I think it's quite happened a lot this season. Once my leg go 1-0 up, if the other team push and push, that plays into their hands completely. Definitely. Uh, um, and in a way, playing a, a bigger side like Chelsea would probably be a good thing for Solskjaer because they will attack them, they will leave space behind. Um, a smaller team might have you know, stayed compact and tried to soak up the pressure as long as possible, like a lot of teams did last season against Man United to pretty good effect. So, um, yes, it's a very good result for them, but I, I think Fawn will actually flatter them quite a bit. Yeah, Chelsea, oh, yeah. Chelsea were the better team for until the first goal at the very least mm. absolutely first 10 minutes I thought Chelsea are going to destroy Manchester United here and Solskjaer is going to be gone by Christmas and then at the end of the game you're thinking crikey Frank Lampard's going to be gone by Christmas but, <laughs> but, but actually uh, Frank will get the whole season he will be given time because he is Frank Lampard they won't lose another game like this they'll actually learn a lot from it Kante came on and I thought oh here we go he's going to shore things up and Kante, actually, Kante looked awful and did, didn't look like N'Golo Kante at all. And I thought it was uh, Sarri last season that had done something to him. But maybe Kante has done something to Kante because this is not the Kante that we all know. How many times can I say his name? You know, It's, it's not the same guy. I think uh, he's just not fit. I don't think yeah, he's had much of a pre-season. Yeah, I think he was playing in a game against people who were fully fit and he wasn't fully fit. And I think obviously coming off the bench as well, trying to get the pace of the game didn't really... But what I hope doesn't happen is that these young lads like Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham and Tamori, who was on the bench today, I hope that Frank doesn't lose heart because results go against when actually it's not those players' fault. And I would much rather see them blood their own youth 
than have to rely on so many of their foreigners that they currently have. I was disappointed and dismayed that Kovacic's signing was made permanent. Not because he's a bad player, he's an excellent player. But if Ruben Loftus-Cheek isn't injured, I'd like to see a team made up of Chelsea's own. And that's going to be harder and harder for their own because they do have this squad that has so many foreign stars. I know they can't sign any players for a couple of seasons, and boy, when they can again, are they going to have a lot of money to throw around? They'll probably buy Mbappe. But for for now, they'll have to make do with with their own enormous, let's be honest, uh, squad. And it'll be fascinating to see if he sticks with those youth players who are exceptional. Anyone who followed a team in the Championship last season and got to see Derby County will know just how good Mason Mount is. Yeah, so Mason, he, he looked impressive in this game, to be fair. Uh, he he he's, he was quite intelligent. He was picked up on Sky. Um, for those of you who watch the game, like that, Marcus Rashford was basically refusing to track back for the first like forty minutes of the game, mm, and yeah. you you saw Asper, yeah, him, the Chelsea right back, <laughs> um, bombing forward a, a lot, and obviously you had Pedro out there as well. But Mace, if you notice, Mason Mount would go out there as well, just to add that little bit extra pressure onto um, Luke Shaw. Uh, because obviously they were a bit vulnerable there. Um, so, oh yeah, I was quite impressed with it. You know, he's reading the game. He, he had a, a few chances uh, himself. Tammy Abraham looked all right. Um, did Did you hear Mourinho's dig at uh, Luke Shaw? Oh, did yeah, you get yeah, this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was, was Maguire will have to go out there to cover him a lot. So, yeah. Great. Cheers. Cheers. I liked uh, Martin Tyler mentioning the the fitness that when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer arrived, uh, the players weren't very fit and then they had the uh, little dig of uh, well whose fault was that <laughs> <laughs> and they know that Mourinho is listening and, and I think it was uh, Martin Tyler said uh, with the, the players <laughs> yeah he backtracked pretty furiously didn't he mm. <laughs> it is weird for him to dig out Luke Shaw Luke Shaw was Man United's player of the season last year which he was apparently embarrassed about. Yeah, he, yeah. Well, he, he had a terrible start, didn't he? Because Mourinho used to dig him out then as well. Um, yeah, but that's just unfair. He's a good player. Is it just me who thinks he's uh, he's put a bit of timber? So I wasn't sure what was bigger, his back end or Harry Maguire's forehead at one point. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Very... I, but yeah, I, I I like Luke Shaw. I was kind of hoping they'd sell him to us at the end of the season. Yeah, I would uh, remain quite hopeful of that. It's not going to happen. He's now going to become a vital to Manchester yeah, United. I, I think he will be. Um, and I'm glad, Chris, as well, that you mentioned Harry Maguire, of course, a yeah. former uh, Sheffield United <laughs> player. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, it's weird though because I say this. Looking at the lineups at the start of this game, this was easily the weakest lineups either of these teams have fielded in the in a, in an opening Premier League season. You're right, but we don't know how good Pereira actually is. I don't think Pereira knows how good he is. <laughs> but he looked good today, and I agree with you. I saw that midfield and thought, you know, what? But that actually was the Man United's strength today. Yeah, he'd say that uh, Solskjaer has made a, a conscious attempt to lower the average age of the team uh, while offering Ashley Young a new contract. Uh, <laughs> uh, strangely. Um but yeah, I say McTominay. Okay, he's a decent player. You know, I, I I do like him, but you know, he's he's not. He shouldn't be starting every week for Man United. You'd think the amount of players they've been linked with in in the in the, in the summer, and then you know they they signed Wambasaka, okay, and and Harry Maguire, but they still haven't signed any midfielders. You know, I, I don't get it with Man United. They should be able to. They should have the pick of the best players in the world, basically. And it if McTominay was 
was called uh, you know Tomaszewski. I think he would have a lot. I think people would be a lot more patient with him. He's a very very good player. He doesn't tend to give the ball away, and I think uh, it's just because he you know, he is British that we're so quick to be like, oh well, you know, surely should go out and get a, a foreigner, an exciting Portuguese midfielder. They don't need one. You know, he's he's going to be good enough. He could be very much that new kind of Roy Keane. Maybe he, he, he say his his main competition at the moment is going to be Fred, isn't it? So I think he's going to be wearing that shirt for quite a while. <laughs> um, Martial, there was a, a lot of I don't get this right, guys. Let's see if you guys do. A lot of a big deal was made over the fact that Martial's got the number nine shirt back at Man United, and obviously that means he's going to be playing through the middle. Now, as we've already discussed, Paul Dummett wears number three. And he's mm. play, playing, you know, uh, Paul Pogba wears number six. Now, for me, number six, you're a centre-back. But apparently that's now a midfielder thing. Um, well, I think people think that he was going to play down the middle after today because he played down the middle. Mm. And uh, I know he moved around a lot, but Martial has played out left. Yeah. Rashford should play down the middle. I think the only thing that I would tweak if I was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is my hairline. And the other thing... <laughs> would be, they might actually be better off playing two up front with yeah, Rashford I, and Martial. I, I think they would. They did it for a while, because when uh, Chelsea were attacking them down the right, they shifted to, to a 4-4-2 and had the two up front. I think that was more to counteract the fact that Rashford didn't want to defend, because he doesn't, because he has that attitude to him. Which and he, and he kept Rashford. wandering into the middle anyway and scored mm-hmm. a goal you know, straight from that middle uh, position yeah. with that wonderful ball from Pogba. But yeah. I think it, it was interesting with Man United. They they changed their shape a few times, um, and you know um, I think Daniel James when he he, he comes into the squad like he came on today and scored. But I think when he gets uh, did his best to miss though. <laughs> yeah, uh, my wife was like, he kicked the floor. What's he doing? It's <laughs> um, true. But um, I think you'll see him play uh, more out on the left as well. Um, so maybe that'll push the, the two in the middle. Um, Paul Pogba had an interesting game. He was terrible in the first half uh, and then managed to finish the game with two assists. I don't remember him doing anything in the first half. He, uh, he fell over a few times trying off silly, uh, little, silly little tricks. At one point, he was doing one... You know those runs he makes? You know, and he runs and he looks like oh, that big powerhouse midfielder. Oh, no, he, he tried to do the Zidane 360. Yeah, yeah, he yeah do, that, that didn't to, happen. Tried to do a roulette for no reason and fell over. Yeah, he could have either carried on with the ball, passed it, or if I'd done anything other than what he did, and he'd have been better off. Yeah, so, but yeah, finished yeah, finished the game with two assists, which was uh, quite interesting. The ball for for Rashford's second goal was That's sublime. Um, yeah. It was a peach. Can we just say that the ball, by the way, for this season in the Premier League is awful. I really like it. Well, it looks like uh, t- uh, sunglasses and an open sort of shocked mouth. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's just got that random pink spot on it. Don't like it. Uh, apparently, that pink spot is something to do with representing the Premier League's diversity. Right. That's what somebody gets paid far too much money at Nike said. Basically. I'm not anti diversity. I want to make that. <laughs> <laughs> I like everyone. Uh, but yeah, so, so Daniel James came on and scored the fourth for his a, a goal in his debut. Um, this is the first chance I've had to talk about it. Did either of you see the pre-season game where Daniel James made that run onto his own ball? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Yeah. Fucking hell! He's quick, he, isn't he? He's, he's a little bit quick. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not looking forward to him facing Mustafi in the Premier League, like. I think Mustafi will pull his own shorts down if that happens. <laughs> I mean, speaking of pace, by the way, Mason Mount has wheels for feet. He, he he does he does look very very good. 
But yeah, I'm very much on the Mason Mount train. I think that he'll he'll also play for England. Do, do you think his best position is in a more advanced role though, or is he better like sitting back a little bit? I think he's a number ten, so an advanced role. Okay, it'd be interesting to see. Like I say, I liked what I saw of him at Derby last season. But I say, and I hope what you said earlier on doesn't happen, where mm-hmm. if Chelsea do leak a few bad results, that suddenly. The, the, the out, yeah. that'd be a huge shame and a missed opportunity for these two years when they could have a squad pretty much blooded from their own youth system and that would be so rare for Chelsea and I think that would get the and not that it matters but that would get your average fan back liking Chelsea and they are a team that traditionally fans don't like because mm-hmm. of the way that they were one of the first clubs to kind of buy a title I know Blackburn probably really were but uh, look at them now no one cares so you know <laughs> the, the whole Chelsea thing which I don't really like and I, I've got a lot of time for Chelsea I just it'd be great if they could do this with their own youth yeah that's like there was a there was a period in this game where I was willing in a Chelsea equaliser and I, yeah, me too. I was just like what is wrong with me what's happening <laughs> you know no one likes Chelsea but yeah no I, 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 I would I would love to see them you know uh, you know, play some of those younger players. Hey, you know, Chris, we found well. a team you don't hate. Well, it'll soon change once Sir Jorginho has had a few bad passes. Um, but yeah, so we've seen Man United and Chelsea in action now. Chelsea made the top four by default last season. Obviously, Man United missed out. Do you think anything will change for either of these teams this season? Dave? Um, I think from what I've seen today, Chelsea might struggle to be in the top four. Uh, I've got them sixth at the minute in my mind. Um, purely just because it's, it's going to come down to, yes, there's a lot of inexperience in there. They'll probably still batter a lot of teams at home, but um, they won't stack up well at games like today. Um, I don't think they've got that many goals in the team, which is strange for a team like Chelsea, but obviously take Hazard out. Um, it's going to rely on Pulisic hitting the ground running, which he was just a sub today. But if you look at their, their front four today, Pedro gets on my tits. Um, I don't like him at all. Yeah, I'm not um, Barkley, I quite like, but not out on the left. I thought it was a bit odd. Um, Mount, we just talked about, very good, but also very raw. Abraham's too soft to play front of his own in the Premier League. Um, got absolutely bullied today. Had his moment, but once Maguire got his number, he was nowhere. I was going to say, yeah, Maguire mugged him off all games, didn't he? Uh, Giroud came on, who, all right, I, I quite like Giroud, but it seems to be one of those, like, when he's not playing, he's uh, he's loved, and then when he does play, he soon gets dropped again. Um, it's just never really had a run anywhere. Batshuayi, who, um, for me, was the best of the three, for some reason, isn't it? It doesn't seem anywhere near. Hugely underrated. I totally yeah. forgot he was even still there. Well, exactly. So I don't know if he's injured or whether he's just, for some reason, the third choice out of those three. Maybe they think uh, he's out on loan. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but you see what I mean when I said they've got a big squad. These players, you're reeling off. This is a good squad. I mean, I, I've got Chelsea finishing third, no matter what happens so today. William was nowhere to be seen today. And I he's a very good player. I think he's been injured here. Um, so, I mean, all these things combined, as you say, like they've, they've got good players, but they don't have a world-class player anymore. Hmm. Um, for me, anyway. Um, they've, got, I say, they've got a lot of very good players, but Hazard, for me, made the difference in so many of their games last year um, without him. But they have got rid of David Luiz, so they've strengthened in that department. <laughs> well... <laughs> Perhaps, <laughs> well, I mean, having Kurt Zuma came in today and did a very good impression of him. He really so, did, actually. I said that during <laughs> the game. He was. I mean, I quite like Kurt Zuma, but he was awful. 
what to do. Yeah, he was very poor. And that, that giving away that penalty totally transformed the game. But I, I, yeah, I still think Chelsea will be absolutely fine. Uh, Liverpool finish first, Man City second, Chelsea third, Arsenal fourth. Mm. I don't have either of these teams making the top four this season. Well, I think if all your players uh, are available for most of the season, I can say Arsenal being fourth. Um, it'll be between you and Spurs for third. Yeah, we get um, Well, perhaps. I mean, the Spurs look short for me, but again, mm-hmm. they've just they've signed a lot of players. Lo Celso, the Chelsea, what you want to call them. I don't know anything about. He might be brilliant. He might not be. Oh, yeah. um, His sister looks no just like him. I know that. and then there's obviously Sassanyan who was good for Fulham but not great if you know what I mean he wasn't good last season he he looked out of place in the Premier League last year but very young and could improve but I mean has he he been bought as a left back Maybe he spent spent most of the summer trying to move Danny Rose on, which mm-hmm. failed. So I mean, I, I don't know how that's. Justin Young is far too attacking, really, to be a left back. But maybe he'll be trained in a way that means that he can learn how to actually defend. Because he's one of the best players going forward I've ever seen live, which is genuinely that good. Yeah, but I mean, Spurs have got three good centre halves, so there's nothing to say they might, they might not move to wing backs. Um, mm. But I mean, of course, they sold Trippier, and they've still got Serge Aurier, who is. Always injured, pretty much perennially. So I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for, for Tottenham. I'm not a big fan of his. No, no. I mean, inanimate carbon rods coming in to play right back instead of him, <laughs> and you, you know, you know, worse off. But it's there's too many unknowns at Spurs, and if Ericsson leaves, um, I think as we saw yesterday, he he's very, very, very good on the ball. Well, I agree with you, Dave. This is why I haven't got Spurs in the top three because you know on paper they should be, but as you're right, there's too many unknowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, so after me proudly proclaiming before we start recording this show wouldn't go to an hour and a half, we are at the <laughs> hour and a half mark. <laughs> I should bring my t-shirt out any moment. It's, it's apparently in my room, 37 degrees, according to this tomorrow. Wow, I generally thought this would be a really quick show, but apologies. I've got to try and sleep in this. <laughs> at least you can turn your fan back on. Hashtag pray for Hal. Right, Hal, come <laughs> on then, before you suffocate, please pimp your socials, sir. Uh, at JNC Pod, JNC Pod. Uh, Dave. Uh, we're at CM nine seven nine eight. You got some new uh, writings for the season. Yeah, so we're currently in uh, Mulhouse in the French second division, which is just a pun on Millhouse essentially for a thousand words or so. Uh, and you can find my fancy football failings on the Offside Rule Pod. Excellent. You can find the show at Man on the Post on every social platform known to man. Uh, and that's basically it. Uh, glad to have the Premier League back. Um, and that's it. Thank you for joining me, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Up the blades. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I just want to cry. Uh, <laughs> and that's it then. Always remember to keep your man on the post. Uh-huh.